From an undisclosed location in the Ozark Mountains, you're listening to The Prepared Homestead Show with your host, me, Travis Maddox, preparing you mentally, physically, and spiritually for the coming time. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show today, folks. You are listening to The Prepared Homestead. Of course, this is me, Travis. Yeah, that's the host. I know it's it's not as exciting as it sounds, but I want to welcome you to the show today. I've got some... Uh, I think a fun show to cover. You know, the last few shows have been, I mean, good stuff. We we need to talk about these things because they're serious, right? They're serious things about relationships and 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 the the evilness in this world. But today we're going to cover, uh, you know, probably a lighter subject, I guess. Um, maybe a little bit more fun. And, and it's going to be something that I think everyone can can take away from. We're just going to just talk pure old-fashioned prepping, you know, what what you should be working towards, what you should have, um, maybe your plan. And, and I'm telling you, th- th- this, is, this is something that we all need to be working on. It doesn't matter where you're at in all this. You know, maybe you're just, you're just kind of getting into it. You've been listening to the stuff and now you're realizing you need to kind of put your feet to the ground and get moving. Maybe some of you have been doing this for who knows, you know, years, decades, but you, you also know in the back of your, your mind that you're not quite as prepared as you want to be. So we're going to talk about that, some basic, simple things, maybe moderate to advanced things. Uh, but we'll get into that here in just a minute. I, I do want to uh, give a shout out to some of our listeners. Well, all of you, all of you listeners, I want to give a shout out. And thank you for listening to this channel uh, and this show. As we are growing, uh, we are now in our uh, starting into our third month of this podcast. And already uh, found out this week that we are in the one percentile, the top one percent of news and politics podcasts across the nation. So thank you all for that. Uh, keep listening. And if you have any suggestions, if you have any comments, you can always shoot me an email at preparedhomestead.protonmail.com. That's preparedhomestead.protonmail.com. You can listen to us just about everywhere now. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and of course the faithful listeners in Owensville, Missouri on 101.3. Shout out to all of you folks listening on the radio tonight. I believe this airs on Saturday evenings at 101.3 in Owensville, Missouri. So uh, shout out to all of you. Yeah, we need to get prepared, folks. I mean, I don't want to go into great detail of reasonings of why you need to be doing things in your life. Um, And why, you know... As we see the world unfold in the way that it is, we realize, I think, I think most of us realize that that prepping, and I'm using my little quotation fingers, prepping is going to end up being a different thing than what many of us probably thought it was for the last few years, especially if you've, you know, if you've ever watched the shows that, that used to be on, what was it, Doomsday Preppers or... Or maybe in you know some movie there there you know all these these different TV shows and movies that they always like to throw in some little negative knock to preppers you know they're always crazy bunker dwelling tinfoil hat wearing little on the you know lunatic side 
And, and so th- I think that's kind of where most of us take prepping, you know, as that that's that's pretty much what a prepper is. And and I'm not sure that I'm there. I know I should stock up on things, but I'm not quite sure I'm that kind of craziness. Well, I think a lot of us are seeing that, well, the way the world is going, you know, how, how the direction that we're headed down, we have to we have to take it serious and we have to realize that it's it's a very holistic uh, approach. And I'm not talking about natural health holistic, although that's included in it. I'm talking about a holistic approach of it. It needs to be more than just how much rice and beans that you put away in your in the corner of your closet. Uh, it's it's really about mindset. It's about uh, severing our ties from a system that is collapsing and failing around us. It's it's about taking a stand for the evilness that's just permeating our our society. It's 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 entered our homes. It's entered our 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 workplace. It's entered the schools. It's entered our churches even. And we have to realize that that at some point for us to to survive the impending doom that's on us to survive the evilness that is being thrust upon our civilization that we have to kind of separate ourselves from that and the only way to do that is to have a plan and is to is to be prepared and so we're going to talk about that here in just a minute speaking of preparing uh, for those of you that need to get stocked up on food which is probably most of you if not all uh, have a good place that you can go, and it's not too expensive, and you can get high-quality, good restaurant-quality food, tastes good. Uh, this is that emergency freeze-dried food you've probably all heard about. You know, you can put it on a shelf, and it'll last 20, 25 years, 30 years, depending on, you know, if you, you want to take, take care of it. You don't want to stick it out in a hot garage, uh, but it'll last a long time. You can go to preparewithtravis.com. Uh, I work with My Patriot Supply, and they are constantly running specials, uh, trying to get the best quality and yet the best price to you. And that's that's the big deal. If you if you just figured up what the average family of four spends on groceries a month, you can buy that same amount of food for a family of four for a month for only just a little bit more with My Patriot Supply. And the reason why it's more, I mean, it's freeze dried, it's packaged, it, it's sealed off. The point is, is it's not that much more expensive. Uh, if you look at other products out there that, that sell these freeze-dried food, uh, some other products are four, five, and six times what just your average grocery bill would cost. So this is very comparable. Uh, it's discrete packaging that when they send it to you, so your neighbors and your mail carrier doesn't know what you're getting. Um, and, and it's just, it's a good product. And it comes, it's American-made. It's a family, American-owned uh, company. So I would encourage you to go to preparewithtravis.com, preparewithtravis.com, and you can uh, get you some some emergency food to kind of help you ride out the impending storm that's on us. And it is. It is on us. I mean, we're, we're seeing that every day. You know, it's it's I, I'm going to be honest with you from from my perspective as someone that is dealing with this and talking about this on a daily basis, whether I'm you know, on this podcast, or I'm on YouTube, or Rumble, or I'm, you know, now I'm posting videos a lot on Brighteon, which is another free speech platform, uh, on Locals, uh, which is a private membership, also Patreon, uh, and then I'm also, you know, I'm working within my local community. We've got numerous families within our region that I'm 
trying to coordinate small groups and meetings and training and 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 per general preparedness plans. Uh, I'm talking with people every day just about on and where to move and how to stock up and what they should do next. So even from my perspective, which is seeing it, eating it, breathing it every day, it is hard for me to keep up on what is the latest thing that's going on. You know, I, I get there. You can you could ask my wife if we could drag her in here. But if you could ask my wife, uh, she will tell you, like, by the end of the day, my brain hurts. I, I'm just exhausted. And, and there's times I just I just I can't even talk hardly. Not because of physical, you know, not because my voice doesn't work, but my brain just isn't working because I'm taking in so much. And even for someone like me that's doing that, it's hard to keep track of everything. There's so much going on, you know, right now, kind of the hot topic is uh, money and economy and debt. Uh, you know, it's, it's bad. It's really, really, really bad. But it's not the only thing that's bad because, you know, last week it was something else. It was, you know, the war. We were about ready to go get nuked. And, you know, there are also this there's this talk about this disease X. You know, I don't know if you saw that in the news that uh, they're already developing the vaccine for the next pandemic, even though technically they say they have it. They don't even know what the what the disease is, is what they say, you know. I mean, of course, we all believe that, right? But apparently, they're developing a vaccine. It's kind of called Vaccine X. It's funny how X is a, is a common thing. You know, Twitter's changed their thing to X. Everything's X now. Uh, but anyways, um, so they're developing this vaccine for a disease that they don't even know about it yet. Um, that's that's big in the news. You know, we've got all this just social issues constantly. We've got this barrage of evilness into our homes and our schools, our children's minds, our churches, uh, in our communities, violence everywhere. It's just, it's all around us, and it becomes overwhelming, I would say, often for anyone that pays any attention to this stuff at any length of time. That's possibly for a reason. I mean, I can't 100% tell you for certain that that is the reason, uh, but I think that it probably is. I think that that part of, um, you know, what we're experiencing is is being thrust upon us so much to overwhelm people, uh, possibly get some, you know, cognitive dissonance going on where we just we, we just can't focus. It's just too much. And then what happens naturally is, is we just start to kind of give in and give up. You know, we can't pay attention to everything. We can't, you know, we, we can't have enough focus to actually do something because we're so overwhelmed and we're weakened and, you know, our adrenaline is up and down constantly. And it's just we're, we're unhealthy anyways as a, as a generally as people, maybe not individually, but generally because of all the chemicals, the vaccines, the, the garbage that's being put into food, which is am absolutely amazing in a bad way, the stuff that's being put into food, uh, the stuff that's being sprayed in the air, the, the amount of chemicals and pharmaceuticals in the water, uh, the, the amount of Ameri the American population that's on uh, pharmaceuticals is just, it's mind-blowing. We're, we're a, an unhealthy population. We just are. And so 
it's harder for us, I, I believe, if we, if we have worse health and our, our mental clarity isn't as good, then it's harder for us to actually solve problems and, and come up and, and work hard to come up with a plan to get ready. So to put it bluntly, we, we are at a disadvantage in many, many ways. But that doesn't mean that we give up. That doesn't mean that we say, you know what, I don't have the money. I'm not rich like Bill Gates. Uh, you know, I, my health isn't that great. Uh, my spouse isn't really 100% on board. I, I, I have to live here because I have family nearby. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm too far behind the curve. I think I've waited too late. Now it's too late to get started. You know, there, there's all these excuses that I hear all the time. We have to push those aside and know that when we're preparing, no matter how much we prepare, whether it's a small amount or a, or a life dedication to it, we're creating, uh, we're, we're making ourselves much more better off than the average person. And that doesn't mean that you're going to survive everything. You know, even if you've just prepared a little, it doesn't, that in itself isn't guaranteeing that you will survive the apocalypse kind of thing. But at least you're going to know that you're better prepared than the majority of the population. It, it's like an insurance policy, folks. It's just an insurance policy. You carry insurance on your home, right? You carry insurance on your home in case it flood washes it away or a tornado blows it away or it catches fire and burns to the ground. Do you honestly in your heart think that that will ever happen? Well, most of us would say no. We understand that there's a possibility. But do you really believe that your house is eventually going to burn to the ground? Most people, and in large number, go their whole life and their house never burns to the ground. So why would, you know, the odds of it happening to you are pretty small, right? So you don't really think that your house is going to burn to the ground, but you certainly have insurance on it because just in case it happens, you don't want to be left without a home and with no way to, to replace it. So we have insurance. Well, this is the same way, prepping, stocking up, uh, developing skills and the equipment needed and building you know, community and rate relationship is just another form of insurance. That's all it is. You hope, you hope that you don't have to do these things. You hope that the day doesn't come that your preps and your plan has to be put into place. You just, you hope that, but you know that it's a possibility, and so you do it anyways. So I wanted to get into that, you know, I mean, it's, a lot of it's common sense. A lot of it is, but I figured since we're, we're longer format, you know, I've done these kind of videos for YouTube where I go over, you know, this kind of food, this kind of medical, this kind of this, but I thought because it's a, it's more of a, you know, it's, it's a conversation we're having and it's a longer format then maybe we can get into some more specifics that sometimes I just don't have time to when trying to make a shorter type of video that would be aired on YouTube. So wanted to get into that. The, the first thing is the obvious. I want to go through the obvious first things, which is food, medical, and water. Uh, everyone should know that. I mean, if, if you don't, you, you really are behind the curve. But the, the food, the medical, and the water are your three main things that you need to, that, that's like the basics. That's like the simple basics. You need to have food, okay? You, you can go without a lot of things, 
but you can't go without food. I cannot promise you that there'll be some kind of civil war revolution where you have to gear up with all your, you know, G.I. Joe gear and go out and, and take on the bad guys. Or I can't, I can't ever guarantee you that bad guys will come onto your property to where you have to defend it or, or many other things. But I can guarantee you that you will be hungry tomorrow. And I can guarantee you that when there is some type of collapse or is some type of catastrophic problem, you will be hungry during that time. And it's a pretty much a guarantee that when things get bad, food becomes ex more expensive, and it already is expensive. Just last month, it went up another 4.7%. But food will become more expensive, and the availability will become less. People act crazy just over food. You take people's food away and you make them hungry and they will become animals and they will do things that you would not expect a human in their right mind to do. And so to avoid that, you need to have some food supply. You need to have food because one of the things is, is that if you have your own food supply, it keeps you from having to leave your home to go out into the wilds to try to find food. You know, whether it's just the society collapsing and, and violence everywhere or, you know, running to the, the nearest FEMA camp and giving yourself over to them because you're hungry. Whatever it is, having a f supply of food prevents you from doing that. You're no longer dependent on, on those things, and you don't have to put yourself in as much danger. So everyone should set an immediate goal, unless, of course, you already have done this. But if you do not have a, 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 a very robust food supply, everyone should set a goal of six months of food in storage. Six months of food. Six months of food for every person in your household. Now, that may sound like a lot. Some of you might say, well, I spend $500 a month. I spend a, you know, $800. I spend $1,000. And if I spend $1,000 a month on food, then that means I've got to spend $6,000 just to put six months of food away. That's not true. It's not true. Most of the money that we spend on food for the average, I'm just speaking averages, so understand that may not be you, but averages, most of the money that we spend on our groceries every month are things that, you know, they're a little bit more luxury. They're things that we like. We buy them because we like them. Um, it's, it's not so much we're buying them to stay alive. And that's the thing. You have to understand that in... You know, the SHTF, when it all hits the fan, when the doo-doo hits the fan, we're not as worried so much about how well something tastes. Certainly, you want to prep foods that you like or at least that you're willing to eat. But, you're, you know, you're not prepping all the stuff that's just your comfort foods and the things that you just, you just eat that way because it makes you happy, right? It makes you feel good. So if you eat, if you prep just to survive, it's much cheaper. It's much cheaper. You can actually buy a month's supply of food for a family of four for two, maybe $300. You can do it cheaper than that, too. You know, the two $300 isn't the cheapest. I'm just saying average. You could stock up on enough food for four people in your home for three to $400, two to, two to $400. You want to buy food, of course, that's healthy. You want to buy food that's, you know, pleasing to you. But you can get that food, the basics, to keep you alive 
to keep you from starving for not a whole lot of money. Now, you're going to be spending more money today than you would have six months ago because food is going up. Like I just said, last month it went up another 4.5%. Rice, which is a big prepper staple, has gone up almost 20% just since the first of the year. In fact, they're saying right now that rice is the highest it's been since back in 2007. So we're, we're seeing really high prices of rice, but the reality is it's still, it's still a cheap food. But it's not the only thing that you want to get, but it's still a cheap food. Your dry stuff like your beans, your rice, your pasta, your oats, that kind of stuff has much longer shelf life. And if it's whole, meaning it's a whole grain, it's the, the, whole, the whole amount, not, not wheat that's ground up into flour. So you, you know if you have the wheat berries or the oat grain not ground down into some kind of oat flour, it's going to last a long time if you store it properly. If you put it in a mylar bag, you put it in a food-grade bucket, you keep it in a cool, dark place, you could, you know, it could last you at least 20 years. You got to store it properly. When you put any type of stuff like that, most people don't realize, but a lot of your dry goods might have little bitty tiny bugs in them, little little eggs of bugs. I know it's gross, but you're already eating it all the time. And if you if you store that away, sometimes those bugs will hatch out and you have these little mealworms and stuff. So a couple of ways to prevent that, you can either, if you buy, let's say you buy a, a, a big bag of oatmeal and you want to store it, uh, you can take that oatmeal and put it in a freezer, freeze it really good for a few days, and that kills them out, and then store it away. Or, and this is the second one is what I do, because it's just easier. Our freezers are always full. I don't have freezer space. Uh, I take a, a, a Mylar bag, I put the product in it, I put an oxygen ex- absorber in it, and then I vacuum seal it down a little bit. I don't vacuum seal it to where it's a tight, tight vacuum because it's got an oxygen absorber, which is going to absorb the remainder uh, of, the, of the air. So what it does in the end, it, it creates a vacuum seal, and because it's a vacuum seal, then it, it also kills anything that could be in it. But your, your dry goods, that should be the, the basis. Um, beans uh, are good because they're, they're also healthy. You know, they're healthier to eat than just pasta and rice. I'm not saying that pasta and rice are bad, but you're getting basically just carbs. You're just, it's just kind of, you know, empty calories is what you're getting. Yes, you need calories to stay alive, but you also need some nutrients in there. And beans have more nutrients. Um, so, so beans is good. Uh, canned food. Certainly want to look to canned food because, uh, you know, that's a good thing. Canned food most, and remember, I'm generalizing things, so you can't say that this is what I said and that applies to everything. Generally speaking, canned vegetables that are kept in a cool, dark, dry place should last about five years from the date that they were manufactured. Now, the expiration date, which they're not expiration dates, they're used-by dates, uh, won't show that. But generally speaking, five years is a good general time span. Now, I've heard of people that's eaten stuff that was 10 years old, and it was fine. But once you get past five years, there's a possibility there could be a failure in the can or something like that. And this is vegetables. Uh, Meat, canned meat, will last longer generally, seven or eight years. 
Uh, so, so you can stock up on food with cans. Now, of course, canned food, it's more bulky, right? It takes them up more space. You know, 50 pounds of, of corn in cans is a lot more space and weight than 50 pounds of dried corn in a bag. But it's also, for the most part, most canned food doesn't have to be cooked. It's, it's ready to eat, usually. You know, so the corn, the beans, it's, it's pressure cooked in there. So it, it's, it, you could eat it right out of the can. Most things, most canned meats are, they're cool, they're cold because they're in there, but you can eat them most of the time. They're not raw, you know, like your tuna um, and your salmon, things like that. You can eat it right out of the can. So there's a, there's a, you know, good and bad with both of them. They're bulkier, they're heavier, they're a little bit more expensive for the amount, but you also don't have to cook the stuff. You could just eat it out of the can. So remember that when you're buying your foods. And then, of course, there's freeze-dried foods. And then the big thing that you should be actually focusing on, of course, is producing your own food. You produce your own food, and then you preserve it in a canner. You know, you can it, or you freeze-dry it, or you dehydrate it, or you freeze it, whatever. You need to be working towards six months, six months of food, folks. That's that's important. Now, if you've already got to six months or you're getting close to that, you need to push that out to one year, one year. And I believe the ultimate goal for most people should be a two-year food supply. Now, I know that's going to sound like a lot of food for some, some of you folks, but honestly, it's not. It's not nearly as much as you think. And it doesn't take nearly as long to come up with that as you think if you shop frugally. You know, make sure you've got salt and some spices and other things in there because you don't want to just be eating plain beans and rice for six months. Uh, but, you know, if you do it frugally and your, your basis of your food are the cheaper stuff and then you have some other stuff to add into it for flavor and to make it a pleasant meal... It's not that expensive. You know, like potato flakes aren't terribly expensive. You can buy a lot of them. Oatmeal isn't terribly expensive. Uh, Coconut oils, that's a good oil that has a fairly long shelf life. It's not that expensive. Honey, buy a few gallons of honey and put some honey in stuff just for the sugar, the the energy, and then also the flavor. It makes you feel better. Um, But food is, is very important, and you should be... You should be putting a lot of focus. And even if you're sitting there right now and you're like, well, I've got about two-year food supply, that doesn't mean that you can't pick up some more when you find it on sale. Next thing we want to cover is medicines, medicines and medical. And this one, this one's a hard one, but it's, it's not. Number one, let's get the medicines out of the way because I know where a lot of people are already going to be going with this. I have prescription medicines. What do I do? Well, there's a few things, and, some, and none of them are great perfect solutions. You might be able to stock up on extras depending on the medication that you're on. Sometimes your doctor and your pharmacy will allow you to get three months or more of that medicine at a time. You also may be able to kind of stockpile if you get a 30-day supply, but yet you don't have to take one every day. Maybe you, you know, only take one every other day. It just depends. I know some medicines you can't do that. I'm not giving medical advice, but some medicines you can't do that. Some you can, and you stockpile. Uh, there's also uh, the alternative to that is to see if there are some natural ways 
Are there natural herbs that can replace that? I'm not saying you should do that, but if it's a life or death situation or if it's just, you know, you have to be comfortable and you have no other choice, it might be good to look into that and start researching to see if there's something you could do. Now, not everyone would have that option. Some of you may be on medication that is a life or death kind of medication. But some of you, you might be able to find something natural, and it may not work as good, but it works decent enough, and you're still functioning. You may not be functioning as optimal as you would with other you know, pharmaceutical medications, but it's at least something to consider. Of course, stock up on over-the-counter stuff. And then the big thing that I want to talk about in the medical is to stock up on the medical supplies. Stock up on medical supplies because that's something that I feel a lot of people are weak on. A lot of people will buy a, a first aid kit, even a robust first aid kit. You know, that, I mean, I know you can get them for like $20, $30 at, at like Walmart or Walgreens. But of course, you can buy good ones online for two or $300. And that's fine. But most of those kits, even the two $300 ones, they're like a one, two, or three times use kit. You know, once you, you know, cut something, you know, like just the other day, I'll give you a quick example before the break comes up. My, my oldest son uh, was messing around, playing around, and, and cut his hand open. Thankfully, it's not enough to need surgery or anything. He has full function in his hand, but it was a good cut, and it was bleeding a lot, and so I've been taking care of it. You know, I have to change the bandage on it like once or twice a day. I've gone through quite a bit of bandaging, gauze, tape, all that kind of stuff because it was a pretty gnarly cut. If all I had was a little single-use, you know, IFAC or something, I probably would have gone through most of the stuff already, already just in taking care of that one wound. We need to have stuff that lasts because one wound can go through a lot of supplies, and we need to have our own pretty robust medical supply, not just an IFAC, not just a little case, but somewhere in your storage shelves filled with cases, cases of bandages, cases of gauze, uh, you know, have have a, a very robust um, medical supply. We'll talk about that more when we come back uh, from this little mention, our, our, our friend of ours. This is a, a friend of ours that has a, a business that I wanted to mention. I've not mentioned them before here on the podcast, um, but they make a, a homemade product and it's really, really good. The, the business uh, website you can go to, it's called graftedingracecreations.com. Let me say that again graftedingracecreations.com. What she makes is soaps, salves, serums, ointments, all that kind of stuff. It's all natural, uh, herbally infused, good quality. It is the soap that I use. In fact, she has a soap on there that she come up with the recipe just for me. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, bay leaf, rum, and tobacco. Bay leaf, rum, and tobacco leaf. Uh, that's the fragrance, and, and I love it. All kinds of stuff. She's got some new products that just came out this week. Uh, so you can go to graftedingracecreations.com and you can get your, your homemade soaps, uh, salves. Uh, she's got a salve on there now. It's a, a pokeweed salve. It's really good for you know dissolving cysts. For right now, she's running a 10% off special. If you're a listener of this show, 
You can get 10% off when you go there and you buy something. You use the, the discount code TPH. That's Tango Papa Hotel, TPH, at graftedandgracecreations.com, and you'll get 10% off your order of some of the best soaps, salves, serums, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you'll love it. I love it. My wife does. Our whole family, that's the soaps that we use, graftedandgracecreations.com. All right, so we're talking about the, the medical stuff. And I want to finish this up real quick, but you really do need to have a robust supply. And I also recommend you getting medical stuff that you may not have the, the medical knowledge to use. Now, there's going to be some people out there listening. You may be nurses or paramedics or doctors, and you, you might your mind just may have just exploded a little bit. And you're probably thinking, what in the world? He's telling people to buy stuff they don't even know how to use. Yeah, I think if, if you have access, and in some places it's legal, and here in Missouri it's legal, not illegal, it is legal for me to purchase IV kits, to purchase sutures, uh, scalpels, surgical kits. I, I can purchase that legally here in the state of Missouri, and I would recommend you to purchase those things and put them back. They're not expensive. Do I plan on doing surgery on someone? Well, probably not, but I mean, I, I've, I've worked in an ER. I was an EMT for a while. I, I have a, at least some basic knowledge that if I had to do something, I'm not talking like remove someone's appendix, but I could do some basic things. But that's not the point. The point is, is that you should have it available because there may be someone around you or someone in your group that would know how to use it. And it would be great if you have some supplies. So if you've got a little group, your little mag, your little tribe, whatever, and one person may be a, a, an ER nurse or an OR nurse or a doctor or maybe a veteran, veterinarian, you know, I mean, if it's, if it's the, the, the end of the world and the only thing you've got to take care of you is a veterinarian to remove that bullet, I'm going with that because he at least has some medical experience and knowledge and training that, that no one else in the group does. But you need to have supplies. You have to have supplies, folks. You have to have st sterile supplies. You know, if you go back, um, you know, a hundred or more years ago into the past, most people died from wounds and injuries because of infections, because things weren't sterile and stuff. So you need to have supplies. So I would recommend, and I'm not going to go into great detail today, but to make sure that you have a good, robust supply cabinet, supply shelf with things like that. And like I said, it's not expensive. You can buy a huge case with like, you know, 1,500 gauze pads in it for 20, 25 bucks, maybe even cheaper, depending on where you can get it. Uh, so I would, I would research and look into that and make sure you have a good supply of medical stuff. And then the last and the first three basics is your water. You want to make sure that you have water. You need to have access to water. You need to have stored water. And then you have, need to have a way to purify water. You need, need to work on all three of those. So the first is to store water. You can't store all the water you'll ever need. The average family, if you're lucky, you might be able to store two weeks worth of water because it's going to, water adds up. The average person in an emergency, this means cutting back, is going to need three to nine gallons of water a day. If you have four people or five people in your family, that's a lot of water every day you know the average person now in america do you know the average person in america goes through about a hundred gallons of water a day 
That's average. But just to survive, three to nine gallons of water is what you need. And if you figure if you have three, four, five people in your family, and then, you know, you extend that out just a couple of weeks, you're getting into hundreds and hundreds of gallons of water. And water is not light. Water is fairly heavy. It weighs under just under 10 pounds. Uh, I always figure 10 pounds. I round up to 10 pounds. That way I'm including the container that it's in, and it gives me a little bit of a, a, a wiggle room. It doesn't. A gallon of water does not weigh 10 pounds, but I always figure 10 pounds per gallon of water. That way it gives me some, like I said, some, some space in, in the weight for the container that it's in and then also a little wiggle room. So if you figure 10 pounds per gallon of water, you're talking hundreds and hundreds of pounds of water, plus it's the bulk it takes up space. So you can't store all the water. If you can if you can have 2 weeks of water for your family, that's good. That's really good. After that, you need to have a water source. And I'm not talking a city water source where you turn your faucet on and it just happens to work because when the doo-doo hits the fan, there's no guarantee that that water faucet's going to work. It may work for a couple of days, but it may not work forever. So you need to have a water source. Do you, you know, have a creek, a well, a river, a lake, a pond, something? Do you, are you catching rainwater off of your roof or off of your garage's roof? Do you have a, a swimming pool? You know, I know a lot of people in the prepping world that they have, say, an above-ground swimming pool, and they may use it, they may swim in it, but the main reason that they have it is so that they can have a reservoir of water. Because an above ground or any kind of you know larger swimming pool holds thousands and thousands of gallons of water. And yeah, it may have chlorine in it, but there are ways that you can clean that out of it. At least it's water. So you need to have a supply of water. Now you need to have a way to clean the water. And this is the most important part, really, it is. Because it doesn't do you any good to have water if it's highly contaminated. And you have to understand that in an SHTF, we may be dealing with much worse conditions of water. The water quality could go down very rapidly. If the grid goes down uh, and these uh, sewer treatment plants all over the country and these cities start to back up, that backup could eventually make its way into the water supply or to just to surface water, creeks and ponds and lakes around the area. So um, you look at places like India, and you look at the water quality in India. You've all probably seen the videos and the pictures and stuff of people going out to the river where there's, you know, two foot of garbage floating on top of the river, and you got one guy over here taking a bath in it, and you got a guy a little bit further downstream going doo-doo in it, and then you got someone a little bit further downstream moving the trash out of the way and scooping water up so they can make tea. And I'm not exaggerating. That's exactly what it's like. It's not too far out of the of possibility for that to happen here in the United States at some point. So we have to always realize that our water supply could take a sharp downturn rapidly. So you need to have a very good quality uh, plan and system to purify water. Um, these water filters that you get at Walmart, like the pitcher that you put in your refrigerator or some little plastic tabletop, those are not water filters. Okay, Those are made to take tap water 
that may have a little tainted taste. You know, tap water that you have now that's that's clean enough to drink. It's safe to drink, but it may have a little too much sulfur in it or may have a little too much chlorine in it or something like that, and so it has a little off taste. You put it through there, and it makes it taste better. But it's not making it safer. So any of those kind of things, don't waste your time with it. The little life straws and the Sawyer minis and stuff are great, but they're more for an immediate emergency. They're, they're, they're very slow. They're kind of a pain if your whole family is trying to survive off of a little Sawyer Mini. And they do get dirty. The, the tabletop big uh, gravity-fed ones, like the Berkey or the Alexa Pure, both, I think, are great. Um, Alexa Pure, you can get those off of My Patriot Supply. So if you go to preparewithtravis.com, you can get an Alexa Pure. That's what we have. Uh, and we love it. Uh, it, it. I think it's a great, and the filters, uh, they're, they're much more reasonably priced than the Berkey. Uh, but if you have a Berkey, go with it. They work great, too. The problem is with those kind of filters, and they do filter about everything, you can take pond water and put through it and make it drinkable. They are really, really good at that. The problem is, is the filters. They're expensive, so, you know, you 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 need to stock up on them. And those numbers where they say, well, they're good for say 5,000 gallons, which most labs will test them. You can I've looked and 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 you can find data that indicate that that's mostly true. The thing is is that 5,000 gallons was clean tap water to begin with. If you go out and you dig out of some standing pond water and you start running that through one of those filters, you may be lucky to get a few hundred gallons out of it before it clogs up and it's no longer any good. So you need to have that. You also should have a chemical way to clean it. And, and I'm, not, I'm not advocating chemical cleaning of water like using chlorine. But again, we may be dealing with severely poor quality water, like really bad poor quality water. And in that situation, I would rather drink water that has some chlorine in it than to drink water that could be infested with all types of parasitic type things. Um, I would advocate, I'm not going to teach you how to do it on this show, but um, look into taking uh, pool cleaner, uh, the, the type of pool chlorine, the powdered chlorine. You can take that and you can make bleach, liquid bleach out of it, and then take that liquid bleach and use it to purify water. There is a process. It's very, very simple. The reason why I say that is the, the, the liquid bleach that you buy at the store, you can use that. You can put a few drops of that per so many gallons, and you it will clean the water. The problem is, is liquid bleach barely lasts six months. It has a very short shelf life. And so it's it's not really something you can stock up on because it'll be bad. It won't be any good. But if you buy the powdered, that powdered chlorine, the powdered pool shock stuff, that stuff will last about forever. And you keep it in the powdered form, and then as needed, you make a liquid bleach out of it and then use that to purify water. Uh, you can do the research online. It's out there. There's all kinds of videos and stuff to teach you how to do it. It's not that difficult. So that covers the basic three things. You know, if you have those basic three things, then then you're pretty much good uh, with the basics, meaning that you can probably survive. Now, let's get into some more advanced stuff uh, because that's that's really where we want to go. 
uh, is starting to get in advance. And, of course, this is going to go over into our second hour. I'm not going to be able to cover it all in the first hour. We're already almost done with that. But our second hour, to remind you, we do a second hour, and you're not going to find it on Spotify and Apple and Amazon and iHeart or even on the radio station there in Owensville. If you want to listen to the second hour, you have to go to our Locals channel. You have to go to our Locals channel to listen to the second hour uh, so that you can uh, you know, hear what we have to say. Now, I'll admit that, that that Locals stuff, that is a, you know, you have to sign up for it and and there is a cost, but it's not too bad. Right now, you can sign up for an entire year's membership for only $25. Um, you have to use the promo code 5OFFTPH, 5OFFTPH, and you can get a whole year membership there on Locals. For 25 bucks. I post videos every day on there, every day but Saturday. My wife's posting content. Uh, if you go to the Prepared Homestead, dot locals dot com the prepared homestead dot locals dot com uh, you can sign up and listen to the second hour we'll be back here in just a minute and we'll wrap this up for the first hour before we go over to locals and finish us up would you like to become the healer of your home and your community without the need for pharmaceutical drugs with harmful side effects hospitals doctors or even dentists are you interested in becoming a nutritionist health coach an herbalist or a naturopath are you ready to get a deep and comprehensive picture of holistic health and healing and learn from the top healers in our day? You can become more knowledgeable about holistic health and healing than most medical doctors without having to spend years on an expensive medical degree. I'm Mayan, a naturopathic herbalist, and I can show you how to become a confident, effective, holistic healer and build a profitable online health coaching business just like I did. Just sign up for my free mini course on the eight secrets to become a holistic healer at www.aruka.com slash free. That's A-R-U-K-A-H dot com slash free. All right. So we've covered the, the three basics, the food, the water, the medical stuff. So what are the next level of stuff? Well, the next level of stuff is number one, you need to have a place to live. And if you're living in some apartment in Chicago or a townhouse in East St. Louis or, you know, in, in San Francisco or, or Cleveland or, you know, Philadelphia or, or, or any other city that you're starting to see it start to fall apart or just any city in general, that's not the best option for you. Now, I know that some of you are saying, well, I just can't move because of this or that. I get it. And right now, buying a house is, is, is not a good thing for the fact that the interest rates are, are going up and the housing costs are going up. But if it's to keep you alive, it's worth it. If it's to keep you alive, it's worth it. Uh, you may have to downsize. You may have to, uh, you know, buy a piece of land. I, there, there's places right now in my area, and I'm talking when I say in my area, a uh, 30-mile radius around me, um, that you can buy five, six, seven, eight, nine acres. Uh, I know of a couple that have a well on them. Uh, I know a couple that you can get county water access to them pretty easily. Uh, you could buy that piece of land. You could buy a used uh, fifth wheel or used RV trailer and put on it, and you could live on it. Is that ideal? Maybe not for everyone, but I know lots of people that's lived that way for years, and they're doing fine. I know a lot of other people that's lived in them for a temporary bit of time, so that they could build some kind of place. My family, right here, right now, um, when we 
bought this piece of property, we lived in an old RV, an old 26-foot bumper pull. I think it was from 1985, 1987, something like that, old RV. We lived in that thing for a year until we built us our small little little tiny home cabin. It's doable. It's doable if you're serious about it. It is doable, but you need to think about you need to think about where you're living. And can you do better? Can you get out of these cities? These cities are crazy. People are losing their minds. People are on drugs. People are on pharmaceuticals. They've taken the vaccine and most multiple boosters. They've lost their mind because they're terrified and they were shut in and, and they're just l- listening to all this stuff that the crime rates are skyrocketing, absolute skyrocketing. The liberalism in these cities, the transgender stuff, all of it is just, it's exploding. The, the, the demonic powers in these cities are just exploding. You need to get out of the cities. So that needs to be one thing. Secondly, you need to be um, you need to be able to be self-sufficient, and of course that goes hand in hand with the cities. It's hard. It's harder. It's not impossible, but it's harder to be self-sufficient in the cities. You live out in the country, or even out on the out, outer edges of a small town. You could have a garden. You could have some chickens. You might be able to have some goats. Uh, you, you could do all kinds of stuff. You can be self-sufficient, or at least much more self-sufficient. So that's, the, that's another goal. You need to learn to do things on your own. Or at least have the ability to do things on your own. You know, for instance, we have a modern washer and dryer. You know, we, we, we hang our clothes out in a clothesline as much as possible. And we have a modern washer, electric washer. Do we have the ability to wash our clothes without that? Do we have washboards and ringers? And all? Yes, yes. Do we use it on a daily basis? No, we've chosen not to. We have a busy life. But we can do it if we want to, and every once in a while we do things that way. And so that's an example, you know. Do you have the ability to survive without electricity? You should. It doesn't mean you need to live that way now, but you should have the ability to survive without it. The point is is to be self-sufficient as possible, or have the ability to be self-sufficient. Do you have the ability or the, the, the skill, the tools, and the, the, the fortitude, you know, the, the, the grit to live like was portrayed in, say, you know, the old Little House on the Prairie TV show? Can you live like that if you had to? Could you survive like that if you had to? That's kind of the goal. And then you also need to be able to defend all that. You need to be able to defend the things that you have. You need to have the tools, the guns, the bullets, and the training to defend yourself. You as a family need to work on defending and have a plan. Have a plan to communicate with each other and and how to communicate. Have a plan of what to do and where to go and whose job is to do what. And you need to know how to use the tools to take care of your family, to protect your family. Because as we're already seeing in this world... We're watching the violence uptick rapidly. We're watching people out of control. You take away a few more things, and you're going to see people really out of control. And so don't be so naive to think that you're never going to be in a situation that you would have to use some kind of defense, some type of tool to protect your family. You need to have those things on hand. They are important, and you need to do that. 
there's a lot we need to be doing. There's a lot we need to be focusing on. And even if you've been in the preparedness world, even if you have been, you know, getting things, you've been getting your houses in order, right? You've been doing the thing that I've been telling you to do for for months and years now, and you've been getting your houses in order. Don't turn a, a deaf ear to this, because I assure you, every one of you listening can do more. Every one of you listening can be more prepared. You can be more ready. You can have a little bit more food. You can learn a new skill. You could do something more. We all could. I know I could. I know I'm not the ultimate prepper. There's things that I need to work on in my life. There's things that my family needs to work on. There's more things that we need to do. And so we need to be pushing ourselves every day. We need to be pushing ourselves every day. It's that, it's that time now. This isn't, you know, 2005 or 2015 or, or, or even 2018 or 19. It's not even 2020, as bad as 2020 was. We're now seeing the world really start to fall apart. We're really starting to, to have the ability to see their, their, a fuller, their fuller plan. And it's not good. We have to get ready for it. Folks, I encourage you to jump over to thepreparedhomestead.locals.com. Uh, you can hear the second half of this podcast. We're ending the podcast today with some music from a good friend of mine. His name is Ian Michaels. You can check him out on YouTube or you can go to ianmichaelsmusic.com. That's Ian Michaels with an S, music.com. Uh, he's a composer, writer, plays multiple instruments and plays some good, uh, wholesome, faith-filled music. Uh, this song coming up here is called Song of the Desert. Folks, it is time that we get ready. It's time to stop playing around. It's time to stop looking at it as a hobby or something we just do once in a while. The world is rapidly changing. It's, it's, it's degenerating on a rapid pace. You need to be getting your houses in order, folks. Thank you all for listening this week. We'll catch you next time here on the Prepared Homestead Podcast. I've been touched by the great creator.
to keep this vision